Hey y'all, and welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show. Um, this week, episode sixty-three, um, with uh, Katie Kopfel um, from Charlotte. Uh, we met at App, but just found out we grew up a couple miles from each other. So, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, like I said, we all have a story. We all have struggles, and good news is we're not alone. Um, and we should have recorded what we just talked about. We had a lot yeah, of good discussion. Um, but we'll talk about some of that in here. And um, just growing up in the 90s is different than uh, kids growing up nowadays. For sure. It's uh, very different. Very different. Um, but yeah, so um, you have a journey, you know, and now you uh, are running uh, Katie's Ladies. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but let you you know share your journey and story and we'll just have a conversation and but episode 63 okay well yeah thank you for having me again and um like we talked about earlier um it's been a long journey a lot of things that you go through and people don't know about them or you you kind of hide them well um you don't really show people so there's definitely a lot of that people don't know about um so basically i guess i'll start at ground zero know, the beginning <laughs> yeah so um you know we went to app together mountaineers yeah it feels like forever ago but I mean, it um was t- it was kind of 10 years like ago 10, yeah we're getting old time, i know we're still young though you're only <laughs> as old as you feel right it, yep but yeah so went to app um, was definitely a big partier, you know, as a lot of people were. I think that, school, that school just school. does it to you. It's, it's easy to, <laughs> Being to be on that mountain. way. You're kind of stuck on a mountain. It's very easy there. Um, so definitely was, I don't want to say I was with the wrong crowd because I wasn't. You know, I had some good girlfriends, but that's just kind of, you you fall into that. And um at the same time, I was I was starting to get into working out and fitness, and um, I actually so I didn't tell you this. So I went to be a teacher. That's what I you know my whole life I wanted to teach either kindergarten or first grade. Take some patience. It does. <laughs> so, but that was like I could always, see you doing that. Though. That's always what I said I wanted to be. Um, so I went to app for that, and I did three and a half years teaching, did student teaching, everything. Um, you know, so I was, I was like going out a lot and stuff and, um, which I think a lot of the teachers, I, did. they did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's kind of like a stereotype, I guess. But, um, you know, got in trouble some, I got arrested for a fake ID charge, um, got some underage drinking tickets. So basically the education department, you know, calls me up one day and, and they're like, you have too many things on your record we're going to have to kick you out of the program, which, you know, I understand they don't want teachers. But after are, three, you've done three and a half I had years, done three and a half years. I had, I literally had one semester left of student teaching before I graduated. So, <laughs> wow. um, at that point I was like, okay, what do I do now? I mean, that's a wake up you call. Know, it, I mean, it was, it was definitely looking back. It was blessing in disguise for sure. Like I would not want to be a Especially with the salaries here and just yeah. all that's going on. For sure. I would not, I could not see that for my life. So it was a blessing, but I'm like, what do I do? You know, so took a semester off, just kind of like worked up there, was figuring out, you know, at that time I had started working out, um, 
was in the gym. So I'm like, okay, let me do something with health, you know. Did you work at the SRC? No, I just went to the gym there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I decided to do something in health. So it was called health promotion was my actual major. So basically kind of like exercise science. But, you know, at that point, I'm like, I want to get out of here as quick as possible. So that would have taken few more years so health promotion with both summers i think it was like a year and a half i finished okay. so it was a year later that i graduated than i should have um but yeah so graduated with that and started working at a gym as my first like job after college as a as a personal trainer and then it kind of just that's where it started and at that gym um there was a coach a bodybuilder and he you know, coach girls for bikini competitions. And so that's where I met him. And, um, I always was like, no, that's not me. I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't want to do that. But, um, throughout that time, basically starting in high school. So like, you know, around my junior, senior you went year, to Catholic, I went to Charlotte Catholic rivals yes. kind of. Yes. Um, again, that feels like forever. That, though. Yeah. 15 issues, yeah. Yeah. It was a while, yeah. So basically, when I was a senior, I developed a a really bad eating disorder. Um, And I'm not really sure, you know, why, like thinking back, and I couldn't really pinpoint why it happened or, you know, what, what I was feeling at the time, but it just... It started and, you know, all throughout college, I struggled with it. And that's ultimately why I started working out and um, wanted to feel better. You know, I was going out all the time. I was drinking. I would like literally black out all the time because I wasn't eating anything. So I was, it was a very, very unhealthy cycle. Like I would, I would pass. I remember fainting just because I had eaten, I drink in and just, and it was just like you bounce back and you just, you know, it was kind of like swept it under the rug so Mm -hmm. to speak but um you know not not many people knew like how bad nobody really knew how bad it was and my roommates brought it up a few times almost like an intervention and Mm -hmm. they confronted me about it and they were like hey we're worried about you and I was kind of like no you know I'm good I'm good um deep down did you know they were right or I honestly did not even think at the time that as with most people you have any kind of addiction like with me when people told me i was like i don't have a problem right and i believed that right and you yeah you you fully believe in your mind and oh it's not as bad it's not as bad as other people like it's almost like a delusional you're delusional in that sense because part of it you're not remembering all that you've done right because blackout and it's, and yeah just, and it's gone on for so long and you're kind of just becomes part of your norm. life and yeah i'm sure part of that is you don't want to confront it like you don't want to look any further into it so it's kind of just and you don't want to admit the pride was an issue for me yeah for sure so so people would you know my mom did one time i remember i was at a doctor's appointment in high school and she had like she wanted to talk to the doctor with me afterwards and so they went in there and basically the doctor was like katie you need to like she gave me a list she's like you need to eat you know these certain things you need to so yeah so it was i mean it was bad enough for people to notice and say things to me about it. Um, so throughout around that time was when I was getting into working out, you know, it, it made me feel stronger. Like I just loved, I just loved it. So when I was working at the gym, 
the idea kind of came just to do a, a fitness show. So I remember I went in, I went in my, you know, ended up being my coach. I went in his office and I was just, one day I was like, let's do it. I said, I'm ready. But I was like, I don't want to just do it. I was like, I want to win. <laughs> That's so, a good mindset. So we did. So I won. Um, so my first show was 2016. And then. That was my first rehab. Yeah. It was a good year. <laughs> it was a good <laughs> eventful year. Even, yeah, we'll put it yeah, that way. Yeah. yeah. So. Was that here in Charlotte or? That was in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So I've been here since, since app. I've been here ever since then. Um, so that was in Charlotte. And then I did a couple, couple more shows after that. Then I ended up turning pro. So basically like in, in bodybuilding is similar to, you know, other sports you get, it's called a pro card. So you, you go from am- competing at amateur shows, you compete at pro shows now against, you know, other pros and. Um, did that in 2017. So throughout this time, it was kind of, it wasn't always a huge issue, but you know, if you know anything about the fitness world and bodybuilding, it's basically the line is very blurred between healthy and unhealthy anyways. So it was almost like it was easy for me to just slide under the radar. You know, it was kind of, it's more, I don't want to say common because it's, you know, it's not normal, but it's, it's easier. it happens a lot. It's easier to go unnoticed because it's a, it can be a very unhealthy. Cause you might be eating the bulk sport. up and you're working out and then cutting to, yeah. for shows. Similar and, to like wrestling stuff like mm-hmm. that, where you have to go to extreme measures to get your body look in, a certain way mm-hmm. and do do well on stage so that's what I was doing and um you know it wasn't always such an issue but there would be certain phases in my time of competing that it, it would get it would get worse and better and at this um, point did you had you accepted that you had an eating issue or is it I still- knew it but I but I think I was still kind of like in denial. Yeah. But it's also, it's, you know, it's tricky because it's almost like that's allowed. Like when you, when you're bodybuilding anything with your physique or the way you look or any, any professional sports almost, it's very extreme. So you take things more extreme than other people would almost like an, an obsession that can be unhealthy, but that's what it requires. So it was definitely more of like, I knew, but I didn't think too much of it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, it, it got difficult. Like there were certain times, just every show I did was just harder mentally. It was very difficult on me. So what, real quick, what does it look like real quick, you know, just prepping for a show for listeners yeah, so, and for me, I've never yeah, done, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's different for everybody, but basically all about how you look bodybuilding is all about the looks you know aesthetics Mm -hmm. so that goes for girls and guys so basically you are trying to get yourself to look the best way you could on stage for a certain day so it takes months of time before then prepping you know we call it prepping so Mm -hmm. you're dieting you're doing lots of cardio you're working out 
Um, you're eating certain things. So it's very extreme. Now, everybody's different in the way they do it. And um, some coaches are healthier than others. Some people take it more to the extreme depending on who they are. But it's it's not the... It's not the healthiest thing you can do for yourself. Mm-hmm. It is a very limited time period. So obviously you're not doing that all the time, all year. Correct. You can only really do it for a short period of time because it's not healthy mm-hmm. to be in that low body fat for that long. And like supplements, you know, like for other pro sports, they're drug tested for yeah. bodybuilding. Is there like a drug or can you kind no. of take whatever you want no, to get so- your body to... You can. I mean, they have they have natural leagues where they drug test you, Mm -hmm. but the NPC and what you turn pro in, um, which is called the IFBB. So, no, they don't drug test you. It's it's very. So that could be another slippery slope for. Yes, for sure. More so with the guys, you know, you know, bodybuilder, even even the guys who don't have as much muscle, um, those divisions. It's it's pretty standard for that you know people don't think twice about it you don't really talk about it it's just kind of it's the norm it's the normal it's very normal so yes that's another aspect that's not the healthiest thing yeah um so yeah i mean just years of that so i turned pro in 2017 i believe i did six or seven pro shows so not very long in the grand scheme of things like we talked about before Mm mm-hmm I planned on competing for a long time. Like, that was what I originally wanted. You know, I was great at it. Um, Years of, for lack of a better word, like, you know, starving myself, not taking good care of myself. I was really good at bodybuilding, you know. So how was working out, though? Like, when you, you say, you know, not eating a lot. You know, I know when I don't eat well or lack thereof and I go and work out, I can't do as much weight or whatever, like just lethargic or, I mean, you kind of just get used to it. it. You get used to it. It just comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just part of the game, part of it. And some people are better at handling it than others. And some people can tolerate more, but if you're like any other athlete or somebody who's trying to get to the top of whatever industry or whatever they're in, you're going to do whatever it takes, you know? So I definitely had that mindset of I'm going to do whatever it takes to get there. I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to win. I wanted to be great. And so it just, it was getting harder and harder and mentally it was taking a toll on me. Um, you know, I didn't, nobody, nobody knew throughout this period. Like I had a few of my friends obviously knew, but once I got more into bodybuilding, it was, I had different set of friends. I was around, you know, you hang around those people. It can be a very toxic, I guess you could say, environment because mm-hmm. you're only around those people. It's become, it quickly becomes all that you care about. And obviously your, your whole kind of life revolves around this, your whole day. It's like, you're always focused on this. So it can become very like, that's all you care about. And so, you know, I was around those people. So I just felt like I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't share. I couldn't tell anybody what I was, what I was going through. Um, you know, obviously I'm a coach too. So that made it difficult because it's like, you want to set this good example and 
I just felt like it was just hard to even share anything because, you know, you're this, you're supposed to be the epitome of health and you're at Mm -hmm. the peak and you're at the top of your game. And it's like, you know, I'm struggling with all this and you just, you can't, (laughs) you feel like you can't tell anybody like we, you know, like we're talking about. I mean, like this wasn't health, but so like I helped in the youth group, um, Mm -hmm. I don't remember what years it was, but it was definitely during my addiction. And like Sunday nights were the youth group nights. And, um, you know, Friday, Saturday, I'd be out drugs, drinking girls. And then Sunday I'd be at the youth group telling these kids about God and, you know, um, living a clean life and all this. And yet, I'm, you know, struggling and living this way. And, you know, I'd go in there with black eyes. Oh, I got elbowed playing basketball when in reality it was a fight and I had just gotten arrested or yeah. different stuff. So I understand, you know, different, but similar. For sure. Yeah. And you, you, you feel like you can't share because you don't want to let people down. You don't want to, you don't know how to. Yeah. Um, and the people that you're share. there being an example for, it's like, oh, well, he's yeah. t- saying this, she's coaching this, but yet, yeah. 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 So, so it just, it just, I'm sure it's the same thing with you progressively just got worse. So the worse it got, you feel like you have to hold it in more. And it just mentally, it really, really got to me. Um, And so... Competed for a couple years as a pro, but like I said, each show just got harder and harder to, to do. And then this was maybe 21. So I had taken a break and for, for about a year. Um, so during that time, you know, I would say it was at the peak of my, of my career, 2019, um, I was seeing this guy. We we were dating. He was um he's a you know well known bodybuilder, and it was great. And we loved each other. And he had moved in with me here. Um, we had the same coach. We had the same you know same sponsor. We were traveling like it was. It looked great. And then he became verbally abusive, you know psychologically abusive like extremely just toxic um and so that's it just it that like that mentally took a toll on me too because you're dealing with a lot of other stuff Um, as well yeah and and it was just you know it was just a horrible situation i couldn't i didn't tell anybody you know we had we had the same coach i can't i can't really say anything about it you know He's he's in the the spotlight. He had, you know all these eyes on him, and it's like everybody's you know praising him. And then behind closed doors, it's like I'm getting yelled at. I'm getting you know blackmailed every day, like threatened. It's so it was a it was a very bad situation. And I never thought that I of all people would be in a situation like that. You know, like I always, mm-hmm. I just never thought I would. So you know, that ended, thankfully. How did, I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but were you, did you finally just like, I've had um, enough? Honestly, and, or was there I an can event? say, like, 
this was this was God getting me out of that relationship because he knew that I wouldn't, even though it was horrible, I didn't want to be there. I woke up every day. It was like... You're hell, basically. Yes. You know, he would he would threaten me. He would threaten to kill himself. Like, he would take a knife. Like, like that he psychological would take my phone. Yeah. You know, he would break things. He was angry. And it's like, we're both... You know, it was like a public relationship. So it was it's it was tough because he's getting all of this this praise for being a great bodybuilder and he's the next best thing and all this stuff and they don't it's know the like real him. Nobody know nobody knew. I didn't tell anybody. Um and so it was just difficult to like separate that with with bodybuilding and competing correct yeah um you know and and it just felt like i couldn't love it anymore it kind of like took my love for it in a way yeah you know Mm because it's like you're good at something you love it but there's somebody who's you know they're they have more eyes on them they have more praise and they're tearing you down every day and it just it it took a lot of my love for the sport yeah. and um you know the way it ended basically was like i said it i don't know what would have happened but i think god knew well i know that he knew i wouldn't end it on my own so it's kind of like it had to be painful it had to be just like rip the bandit off you know he basically he came home we had lived together he came home one day we were supposed to fly to a show. A couple of days later, I had tickets, everything through my, my sponsor. And he was just like, I'm going to move out. I'm, I got my own apartment. I'm going to move. And so next day I was out kind of running errands, came home and all his stuff. hadn't He hadn't said anything. He didn't, I didn't see him. He had moved all his stuff out and he was gone. Um, so, so kind of find out later, he, you know, he was cheating the whole time, which I didn't even know about. So just lots of stuff. But I do know if it hadn't have ended, it would have gotten physical 100%. So thankfully it never got to that point, but for a long time, it was like, that's like when my panic attack started, mm-hmm. like I had never had them before then. I didn't even really know what they were. I mean, you're living um, on edge. You're like, we were talking about kind of nervous system being stressed when you're in a situation like that. And you can probably relate in certain ways with different experiences. When your nervous system is stressed, like fight or flight, it gets stuck in that mode. And it's kind of like with PTSD, um, you know, people who experience different trauma or different situations and they get PTSD from it. That's what I felt like. And I couldn't drive for a while because I had such bad, like, panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Um couldn't fly something about being closed in. And I still a little bit sometimes, you know, it comes up if I'm more like stressed, Mm -hmm. I can tell, but it just something about the feeling of being trapped, whether it's in a car, in an airplane, little spaces. Like I, I had an MRI one time and I, I, you know, felt that coming. Like that's, which probably a lot of people. Oh, I'm sure. Very small spaces. But just something about being, not having a way out, like being trapped, you know, and 
and I've read that. I'm not sure if this is true, but I've read that it happens a lot with people who are were in abusive relationships and you feel like you don't have control and you you're trapped and you don't have a way out. So it kind of manifests as oh, having I would agree panic with, attacks. I would think that would be a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I can definitely relate to that and you know, I'm a fighter, so when I felt trapped, I would Yeah fight my way out. Yeah. Like the last time I was getting arrested, I was in the back of the cop car <clears throat> and I was paranoid and, um, you know, panic attack. And, you know, thankfully I didn't because it would have been another charge. But like, I thought mentally I was going to be in the back of that cop car the rest of my life. Like that was. Yeah. And I almost started kicking my way out of the windows. Yeah. But for some reason I didn't. But, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's a scary place to be inside your head. Where you feel like you're you're trapped because you're disassociated from the re- what's yeah. really going on. Yeah, for sure. So it's like sometimes I can feel that come up a little bit, and I've learned ways to kind of you know talk myself out of it. And um, but it never really. It's not like you ever just get over that stuff. Any kind of stress, anxiety, stuff like that. It you just it learn how really to cope is like with it. You know, stored in your body and your nervous system especially if it's for extended periods of time it happened. So like before then I had never, I didn't really know even what that felt like, what it was. So it was, it was basically during COVID when that was happening and that combined that with being in like, that was the worst. It was, that was horrible being inside and you can't see anybody. Um, so, you know, I kind of figured out ways to get past that and heal from it. Um, but I still, you know, throughout that time, I was still wanted to compete. I still thought that that's what I would continue to do. Um, and then this was, I think 2021, you know, I tried prepping and, um, had a coach and I just, my body just wasn't having it. And, and it's, you know, I, I honestly think it had gotten to the point where it's like our bodies are very smart. And I think it was just like, Katie, you, you put yourself through too much. Like we're not, we don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. And it was just like, I didn't have control over it almost. And just, you know, a lot of just health issues, like weird stuff was happening. And I had done many preps before. So it was kind of like, it's frustrating when you, when you're trying to do something and can, you know, control it and you know what you're doing and it's like it just wasn't it just wasn't working and so I had to come to the you know decision this isn't worth it to keep trying to to force yourself to do something that's clearly it's just not working yeah. at this point yeah so I think it was just all of that stuff combined you know and it there's a lot of talk of oh fit you know Competing is unhealthy. Bodybuilding is unhealthy. Um, causes eating disorders. Yes, I've seen that. Some that can be true. In my case, it was long, you know, before I even got into picked it. Picked up a, a weight. It you was said long high school. before. It was high yeah. school, yeah. That I was, you know, hurting myself, basically. So it was long before competing. So it wasn't that. But I think that's why it eventually my body was like, we're not doing this anymore. And that's how it was um, for me. Like I had done more 
when I had been on benders, I had done more amounts of drugs yeah. than I did that night. It's like a threshold almost. And it's like you had hit it and like, yeah. like I was surprised that I overdosed and died, but I'd been doing that to my body for so long that my body was just like, F you, I'm not going through this anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, no. And because I was like, I have done more than the amount I did that night. Yeah, for sure. You know? But your body knows you and speaks and you just have to listen to it. It does. I definitely. mean, I didn't listen to it, you know. <laughs> Thankfully, I, you know, got a second chance, but, you know, that was what I needed to, yeah, your body speaks to you. I mean, I think, I think partly, I don't want to say that God caused these bad things to happen, but I do think sometimes it's almost like you need to be slowed down. Like he allows it because he knows the greater plan. Yes. Um, so one of my best friends, she, she was one of the only people that I would share about this, that knew, knew anything about what I was struggling with. Mm -hmm. So when I was trying to prep and I was just frustrated, I was talking to her one night and she, you know, she didn't even really, I didn't tell her much. And she just like, Katie, I don't think you're supposed to compete anymore. And she, so she's the one who had basically brought me back to God. You know, I didn't really have a relationship with him until about probably two years ago is when it really started. Um, and she really strengthened my faith. And, um, I can say she, she was like the person that did that for me. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, she was my mentor in a way, like spiritual mentor. And I always trusted every, like, whatever she said, I, I just took it to heart, you know, and I'm, I'm not really like that with a lot of people. So with her, it was just always whatever she said. It's like, I trusted her that much. So when she said that at first I was kind of like, no way. I'm like, that's not, don't even say that. I don't want to hear that. (laughs) Um, but it was kind of like slowly I came to accept it and you know, now I wouldn't want to compete again. It's like, it just, at first it felt like, you know, the worst thing I thought I was going to do it forever. I, I knew I hadn't reached my potential. Mm-hmm. So that part kind of, you know, like say an athlete gets hurt or something that's not their fault happens and they're forced to quit. It, or, you know, it feels unfair yeah. and you're, when you know you hadn't reached your potential yet and you, could do these things and it's and it stops it's kind of like you're you just feel like it's unfair and you're almost like haunted by what if like i could have reached this point what if Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of what ifs that i played i don't do that anymore because it just it's a never-ending cycle right but i mean the what ifs are yeah (laughs) they'll get you and yeah but everyone plays them right or plays that game at some point Right. With with different, all different like parts for me, of life, yeah. I'm sure. Like, there's been several deaths that I'm like, well, what if I would have stopped yeah. them? Or what if I, you know, but you can't play that. Like, Yeah. 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 So it's, it's difficult when you, you had visions for something, you had plans, you were mm-hmm. like, you were set on it, you know. 
Um, and you're good at it too. And you're good at it. Like you, you have a gift. Some people just have gifts in certain things. It's like when you know you have a gift and people tell you all the time and it's just, it's, it feels very unfair when you have to stop doing that. Um, so for a while I was kind of mad at God and I was like, why did you even give me this gift? I'm like, why did you even give me like a glimpse? It felt like you gave me like a little taste of what could have been like teased me almost and then took it away. And I'm like, so for a while I was mad and I'm just, which is normal yeah. to be mad. I mean, yeah. there's different stages of grief and that's one of them. Yeah. I used to think it was a sin to be mad at God, but no, it's normal. I yeah. mean, now like he can, he can he take can, it. <laughs> he can take it. He can take it. So yeah, I mean, I was, I was frustrated, you know, like, what am I going to do now? I'm like, this is my whole, if you were to ask me then, would I rather coach or compete? A hundred percent, I would always say I would rather compete. Um, and so I'm kind of like, well, what's next? Like, it, you just feel like you're, especially with that, as I'm sure with a lot of things with other athletes and um, a lot of industries, your whole entire identity is wrapped up in that. And you get so, that's who you are. That's what you associate yourself with. Mm-hmm. So when you're not that anymore, it's kind of like, well, who am I? I'm lost. What do I do? Yeah, yeah. You're like wandering around. So. And we even talked about that prior with, you know, me and the career prior yeah. bouncing around. If I don't have this title, no one's going to recognize me because I'm from Myers park and mm-hmm. you know, but that's not the case, but the world has told us that For sure. unfortunately. Yeah. And then as we talked about, and we can talk about in a little bit, but the internet and social media and, um, you know, just tells you and glorifies, um, that in a way. Yeah, definitely. And you, you base kind of, you know, who you are, how good you are on what you can do on your gifts, on your, your ability to perform certain things. And that's when, if that's not there anymore, like say that option is taken away. It's kind of like, well, who am I without this thing that's defined me for that people know me as, you know, everybody knew me as that. So that was, that was tough to kind of figure out like, where am I going to go now? Because for so long, that was just my plan. It was just going to be as long as I could do it. You know, obviously you can't compete forever, but it's kind of like as long. I wanted you to take it as far as I could. I wasn't expecting it. Yes. 31 or whatever. Yeah. 30. Thir- yeah. Um, so just over time though, and you know how they say, you know, we pray and we ask for things that we think we want and it's really God's desire that comes true and mm-hmm. God changes our desires Correct. to match his. So I really feel like that's what he did. And just over time, slowly, it became less and less about competing and more about coaching and focusing on other things. And so I would never even want to compete now. Like if that was even an option you know, presented and say, you, you could do this. I don't think I would want to. Yeah. Um, and it's just like opened my eyes to a lot of different avenues in life, a lot of things. And we get so, I know I used to be very narrow minded, like this is what I want to do. I don't really care about anything else, you mm-hmm. know, and this has just opened my eyes to a lot of different 
thing. So I think it was, it was just all one giant plan of God's, you know, and yeah. he places things and you can look back and you can say, okay, that's why that happened. Okay. I understand. You know, and it's, Oh yeah. hundred percent. You don't always see it right then, or you might not, you might not ever see it, but sometimes you can look back and it's very cool when you're like, okay, you're like, I see why this happened. This is why I am where I am. So it's, it's just all part of one giant plan. Puzzle piece that Puzzle God's piece, yeah. putting together. And, yeah. Um, so you're not competing anymore. You got your coaching, Katie's ladies. Talk yeah. about that. And there's that transition from, you know, wanting to compete to figuring out, you know, your calling and what you're to do his purpose for your life and how'd you come up with this and kind of what is it yeah so katie's ladies is i need to get my sweatshirt by the way i need to get you some yeah Uh, it's just the the name my brand my team i don't even remember how it came up your name first of all is katie yes (laughs) i started i think somebody said it maybe as a joke or like it just kind of came up this was a few years ago before it really before i really started like you know taken off and it just kind of stuck and yeah now that's just what i say i do have some guys i was gonna say I f- and i have some guys that wear my stuff but i do oh, coach some guys it. i need to get a swell where yeah it. i got you all right all right yeah but that's my team brand you mm-hmm. know whatever you want to call it so i coach some girls for bikini competitions like i used to do some just regular call them lifestyle clients so just yeah weight loss getting healthier nutrition workouts all that stuff feeling better and um clients they're not all here locally a lot of them you even said are international yeah you know across united states um so for someone who might listening might want to get how do you how do they go about kind of reaching out getting you as a coach um and then what does your program kind of entail for someone? I know you said nutrition, weight yeah. loss, but what all does that kind of include? Yeah. So it's basically like a thing of a personal trainer, but everything. So say you have a goal. It's basically all, I'll give you all the tools to reach that goal, right? So nutrition, workouts, um, you know, check-ins, anything, you know, mental kind of guidance anything you could need to keep you on that path so you reach your goal so it's more than just a trainer i don't have very many in-person people that's really just my um bikini girls that i see in person it's mainly online so i have some girls that are australia england um all over the country so it's a great way to reach more people doing it virtually um it's it's a lot you get a lot more out of it than if you were to just see me say an hour, a couple times a week, yep. most trainers, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I went that direction. I used to do that, but I just wanted to reach more people. And, um, I feel like this is a more effective way to achieve what you're, what you want to achieve. Um, definitely. Um, so what, you know, compare this to, you know, being, um, you know, bodybuilding, you know, competing, um, 
what just what is that like for you? I know you said you wouldn't want to go back into competing, but you're able to give back to these ladies, you know, who are wanting to do that, but then the ones who are the weight loss and whatnot, you know, is how's that helping you kind of and um what have you learned yeah from that kind of just looking back from yeah. when you were competing and whatnot yeah, a lot i learned a lot <laughs> um my philosophy has always been even when i was competing myself you know i had coaches and it wasn't always the healthiest way to go about things so i think that made my situation worse but i've always been about doing things in a healthy way mentally making sure you're in a good place um i think a lot of people neglect the mental aspect of it and it's one thing to want to look a certain way and you know of course i want all my girls to be healthy and happy and reach their goals but i also want them to realize okay why am i doing this what's the bigger reason is it just to lose five pounds or is it to just be an all-around better person and and know that I can do whatever I set my mind to. So mm-hmm. I've always been more on the side of um, looking at the bigger picture rather than, okay, I'm going to hit Katie up. I want to lose three pounds kind of thing. Because as we were talking about before, it's, and I guess this was mainly, I guess, for the bikini girls and whatnot, but I mean, you even can go into the weight loss and, but your why kind of like, why do you want to do it? Like what's the end goal? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I'll say this when I was competing, um, you know, of course I wanted to win. I've just always been an athlete. I've always had that mentality. No one likes to lose. No one likes to lose. Well, I, hope you know. I mean, I'm sure there's some maybe, right. but <laughs> some don't really care, but for the most part, people just, you just want to win. Yep. If you're going to do something, you want to. You want to win. Um, So, like, yeah, that was part of it. But I think it was more so everything that I had gone through up to that point. I kind of wanted to, like, take back control in a way and, you know, take back power and be like, this is, I say I want to do this. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to achieve this thing that I say that I want. So... I always try and instill in my girls, whether they're competing or whether they're just want to look better, feel better, you know, come to me for different reasons. I want to make sure that you're going to leave me not just looking better, but being all around a better individual, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Um, And my issue with the fitness world I have a lot of issues with that, (laughs) but, um, it's, it can be very toxic, a toxic culture, especially with social media now. Um, it's all about being better than other people when it should be being better than yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So competing against yourself to better yourself, which is very cliche. And when like, you know, people say that and it's almost like that's a that's a loser way to think. Like, that's not a winning mentality, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, there's always going to be somebody that looks better. There's always going to be this next thing. You know, with social media, it's very easy to have access to all these different people and you see in their life and you see how they look. 
So it's like if you're, that's what you're looking at all day long. If that's what you're constantly setting as your bar, you're always going to be disappointed Mm -hmm. because you can always find better than you. So especially with it looks like the filters that people can disguise, right? And And it's, and that's not even something to do with fitness. You know, you could Photoshop stuff. You can. I even know competitors who Photoshop their stage pictures. And I'm like, you're you're in one percent of the whole population already, mm-hmm. and you feel the need to Photoshop your stage pictures when you're, you're already in, in when you're in the top shape peak condition of your whole life. So that just shows like the the mindset and mentality of a lot of people, unfortunately, in the fitness industry. When it should be about you, and it's about everybody else for mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Um. And like when I was talking about, you know, my Instagram was taken down and that was a huge blessing because you had a lot of followers at that point. Yes, I did. So when they took it down, I still don't know why never got it back. Just one day I woke up and it was gone. It happened twice too. happened twice. One time I got it back. Next time I didn't. So when that happened, it really made me change my perspective on things and so it was like I was going to the gym for me you know I didn't really have anybody to show so it's like when you go from all these followers to not really you kind of lose interest in showing anything why you're doing it because it's like there's nobody really that you you know no 100% and that was we talked about like with the podcast when I first started, and I've mentioned it in previous episodes, like, oh, who's not going to want to listen to my story? And, like, it's mental health. Like, it's a who wouldn't, you know, and I got so wrapped up in it and what I expected it to become. And then it didn't become as big as I thought right away. And just and you get wrapped up in it and then you lose sight of why your why. And, um, thankfully my mom, you know, was able to be like, what did, why did you, and I was able to think and be like, you know, and now it's, I just sit down, you know, have a therapy session basically with someone. And, um, then the episode comes out and I don't care about numbers yeah, because that's not why I started it. Right. You know? Right. and, And, and that doesn't show how much of an impact you're making. Because I used to say at the beginning, it's, if I help one person or I help a million people, you know, that's what I want to do. And I lost sight of that one person yeah. that I could be helping. Yeah, for sure. I wanted the million. For sure. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And like you said, the social media, we grew up in the 90s, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> but the social media and the stressors that you talked about a little, you know, before, um, it's um, she plays a big role and I think today the kids today and um, you know they're not really present because that's something I dealt with I was never in the moment I was always wanting to be somewhere else or thinking about my next fix so I wasn't like scrolling or on you know driving filming a TikTok but I was never present Um, and you know you have these kids now where their reality is on a screen right and it's it's not healthy, which like you were talking, the stressors that your body right. cannot take, kind of, and then you go into that fight or flight or mm-hmm. freeze mode. It's overstimulation, yeah. Which our nervous system is just not 
meant to handle that all day long every day yeah and that's how that's how a lot of especially our generation younger that's how they that's just normal that's what you do you're just on social media all day you you do something you post about it you go somewhere you post about it so it's it's just conditioned in them that that's what you do and I don't think our bodies are designed to function or think like that so you know talk about mental health that's that's a lot of where I think it comes from especially now that we're seeing greater numbers you know and the increase in depression anxiety even in younger and suicide suicide Mm -hmm. yes and I don't think I know for a fact that's where a lot of it comes from Um, and it's like you don't have there's no break there's no if you don't have the self-awareness which most most kids are not taught that Mm -mm. to step away from it and to realize okay this is fake this is not real you don't ever have a break so when you're constantly stimulated with those images and those expectations it's very very alarming when you feel like you don't live up to that um it's easy to compare yourself to someone else and as you said someone's always going to look better someone's always going to be stronger whatever it may be or have more followers and you're going to be let down yeah and then when you're you know it causes the depression the anxiety and you know i've always said that um social media is it's like a highlight reel mm-hmm. you know you don't know what that person is really going through you just see them you know in some resort or in cancun or wherever they may be or right. you know doing this but what's really going on in their life like you said you were dealing with um eating and self-image people didn't know that but right. you know so it's like you only get the highlight reel on yeah. social media. Um, and I think people lose sight of that for sure. And they're like, oh, I want that life. Well, when you do get that, you always want more. Right. It's never enough. It's never ending. Yep. And like a guest I had previously, I think episode 31, maybe Mark Whitaker. Um, he, you know, it's making three, four million in the 90s and had eight car garage new car every two weeks Mm -hmm. eight cars all this and he said it was never enough yeah like if he had gotten to the bill gates level which he was on the way it would not have been enough still yeah you know which is hard until you're in that situation like we think about that we're like oh that would be great you know it's hard to imagine if you're not in that situation or say you have the perfect body in your mind it's hard to imagine like to be in that situation and not feel fulfilled but i think god created us that way for a reason that we only we're only going to be filled by him mm-hmm. you know and everything else is just it's never gonna it's like what um like infinity those infinity pools right yeah. so it's yeah. like it's never going to be filled enough mm-hmm. to contain it contain to complete us yeah 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 and like we were talking about prior um you know your purpose we might have i think we even talked about it earlier on the show but your purpose and um for me it was the pride and you know you want people to see you as this way and um you know and it ended up for me you know ended up on life support just because of the lifestyle and um you know and now 
um, I'm in the career I want, but figuring or the field and figuring out what I want and, you know, the podcast helping people and like, I know what my purpose is, but now it's like, all right, where do you want me? And how do you want to best use me? But like, um, you know, I'm feeling fulfilled in what I'm doing and it's never what I imagined, you know, and it's, you know, not the nicest car, the house, all this, but that's what the world tells you. Yeah. You know, it's, um, because I just don't want people to go through what I went through and you're, you know, coaching these ladies and men, um, from what the good and bad, from what you learned and, um, helping them to achieve their goals. Yeah. Um, so how can people reach out to you, join Katie's ladies? Yeah, uh, come on. Um, just, well, so my Instagram is just Katie Copful. And I'll post that. And, okay. Um, um, I have a website. It's katiecopful.com. Make it easy. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> um, yeah, so just, you know, I post, mainly post my clients. I don't really, it's just clients, it's transformations, it's... Mm-hmm. Um, bikini girls so yeah they can reach out there website email any of the above um and do you we don't have to talk about price but is it like monthly or is it a subscription it all depends monthly um i have different i have like eight week program 12 weeks um so it really just depends on what they want what they want gotcha excellent um so before we end i ask every guest what advice do you have you could have learned it from your family, something at app during bodybuilding, but something that um, you've held closely and has just um, helped you through life that oh, listeners can. Yeah. Um, and let's I always see. ask it with, you know, at the end and yeah. don't tell the person yeah. to let them just whatever pops in their head. Yeah. Um, I would say make sure whatever you're doing you're doing it for you and not for other people obviously god you know god is gonna lead us and like we were talking about change our heart change our desires to match his but do things for that reason don't do it for anything any person at the end of the day, you are all that you have. And so that's a big lesson that I learned in, in lots of different ways. You have to do what's best for you. And that's not going to always be the best for everybody else. Um, in fact, it won't a lot of the time. But like I said, you're you're all you got. You're with you all the time. So make sure that you're happy for yourself 100 yeah. percent. you know you have to live with yourself you're right. not everyone has to live with you you're right. <laughs> even your spouse you're right 100 percent. and yeah. i learned that the hard way too yeah. um well thank you for just sitting down sharing your story and journey and um it's been nice to reconnect after I guess 10 years I, I mean we've communicated and kept up a little bit it feels like a world of things have happened since a then. lot yeah, yeah a lot has the good and the bad mm-hmm. and, um but I think we're both on the right track now and um have learned a lot for um sure. so thank you just for your vulnerability and taking time to come sit down and share um it's gonna help some people for sure so well thank you for having me yeah of course um 
thank you all for tuning in um, this week, episode 63. Um, if you want to come on, share your story, um, feel free to reach out. Um, you can all email the rabbit hole show 21 at gmail.com and um, social media. Text me if you got my number. Um, but again, um, we all have a story. We all have struggles. And the good news is you're not alone. Um, and next week we have Zach Watson, um, the owner of the South End Iron Tribe. And he's been a part of my journey for a while. Um, but he's going to come on and um, just talk mental health a little bit about my journey since he's known me. Um, so stay tuned for episode 64. But Katie, thanks again. And thank you all. All righty.